Hi, and welcome back to The Wellspring Way, Wellspring's fortnightly podcast where we chat to education professionals and leaders about what's been going on in the sector. I'm really pleased to be joined on the show today by Wellspring's new chair of the board, Cheryl Hobson. Cheryl's been involved in Wellspring governance for seven years and recently took over the reins as chair of the board of trustees when Hurl Lenton stepped down. With a successful 32-year career in finance spanning local government and the NHS and a number of non-exec roles, Cheryl clearly has the experience and skills to lead Wellspring's trustees and guide the trust through its next phase. Cheryl, thanks for joining us. Hi Elizabeth, thank you uh, and I'm very pleased to be here. It's lovely to have you. Um, now you've had a bit of a chance to settle into a new role. How are you finding it? Yes, uh, I have. Um, it's um, it's not particularly challenging in the sense of lots of meetings, but there are quite a few changes that have happened uh, from a, a board perspective really over the last six months. So at the moment, that's my key focus. And what we are doing as well is organising a number of visits to individual academies and groups of academies over the next few months. Oh, that'll be really lovely. Um, have you got kind of a, a timetable set up yet or do you know where you're going first? I don't actually. It's in the process of being set up now. We've got a number of days over the next three months or so. So probably one to two days a week and I'll be going out and visiting schools in the vicinity of each other, uh, which will be really good in terms of best use of time in meeting as many people as I can. Brilliant. You'll have such a great time. I, I was out at school last week and it was it was just lovely. I was playing with the littlies in the sandpit. It was just brilliant. Um, so, you've been involved in Wellspring for seven years now. That's right, yes. Tell me a little bit about that journey and how you started. Okay. Um, so, I started back in 2015. Um, and from a, a professional career perspective... Um, this was something that I'd wanted to get into with one eye, if I'm honest, on what I wanted to do in the future. Uh, and so I was, at that time, I was a chief finance officer in uh, an NHS organisation. And it brought with it a number of opportunities for non-executive work. But what I also thought about was wanting to do something in my hometown, which is Barnsley. Mm-hmm. Um, and that felt quite important for me at that particular time. Um, my daughter was actually just coming through um, primary school and going into secondary a couple of years after that. So it, it felt really important to get involved in something to do with education or um, secondary or even uh, post-16 learning, and that echoed part of the career that I'd had in local government where I really loved working uh, around education and, and actually children's services in more generally. Um, so I applied to Barnsley College just on the off chance, just wrote a letter and said, I'm interested in non-executive work. I live locally. It's something I'm really passionate about. Do you have any vacancies on your board or any shadowing opportunities? Uh, and they came back to me more or less straight away and said, well, actually, we've just filled a number of vacancies on our board, but we are a sponsor of a new multi-academy trust, which is Wellspring, um, and we'd really love you to get involved in that and, and come and have a look, talk to people. So that's what I did. 
um, and started, I think it was very late 2015, but I've been um, involved ever since and it's something that I'm incredibly proud of doing. So it's a different, it's a different beast altogether now, isn't it? When you think back to kind of 2015. Absolutely. There were two academies at that point, both based in Barnsley. Um, And in the, so I was on the board for probably about four years and then stepped down for a while, but was still involved in the committee work just because of the pressure of work from my um, sort of professional side. Uh, And in that time, I think it's fair to say that the Academy Trust grew quite slowly, but there was, there was lots of discussion. The board at that time was, there were quite a lot of people there. It was quite interesting compared to now. Um, and it, it helped me really to get a, a quite a deep understanding of not only the schools that were involved with the trust at that point, but actually getting engaged in how we developed and moved forward because the ambition was always there to basically spread the word, to spread the Wellspring way, mm-hmm. if you like. Um, and we had ambition to grow and expand and do the best we could for even more children and young people. Yeah, and here we are. And here we are. Today with 29 schools, because Coombe Briggs has just joined us, yeah. um, which is incredibly exciting. Um, and governance plays a huge role in the success of a trust, doesn't it? It really does. But I don't think a lot of people perhaps really understand how it kind of works. For people that don't, can you kind of explain a little bit about how governance works in a multi-academy trust? Yes. Um, And I think there are different models actually of governance, but certainly um, from a, a Wellspring perspective, the um, So in every multi-academy trust, there will be a board and there may or may not be committees, depending on the scale and size and how they're organised. And the whole idea is that there is a body that is accountable and holds to account the executive mm-hmm. of the trust, so the senior leadership team that we have here uh, in the trust. Yeah. And the way that we've organised it at Wellspring is that we delegate a huge amount of freedoms and flexibilities to individual academies, which is why they have their own governing bodies um, where the individual school leadership is accountable to the governing body of that. Um, so, So governance is really all about ensuring that and not forgetting that um, the country, if you like, entrust public money mm-hmm. to organisations like multi-academy trusts. Yeah. It's really important that we're accountable, not only for the use of that money, but for the effectiveness of what we deliver yeah. in our purpose. So delivering, which sounds a bit pompous, but, but that's effectively what governance is. Yeah. So um, we're accountable for outcomes for children and young people, first and foremost, and, and, you know, that's our reason for being. Um, and that's not just about exam results. It's not just about attainment. That's actually about distance travelled and development of children and young people. Um, and certainly in, in certain sectors, um, it, it's about 
developing and delivering, if you like, at the end of their journey with us, rounded, um, happy, hopefully, uh, and positive children and young people to go to, into their next stage of education or, or into um, apprenticeships and work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you hit on something there that's um, that kind of comes through with everybody that I speak to from Wellspring, and um, it's about um, that wider that wider impact. Um, yes, of course, we know exam results matter and um, measured outcomes matter, but it's much much more than that, isn't it? And Wellspring has really got to grips with that, hasn't it? I, I believe so. And um, one of the things that really impressed me. On, on day one, when I first came here for a discussion with Mark Wilson about being a, 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 um, a trustee, a director on the board, he was talking about Forest Academy. Um, mm. And one of the things that had been done really early on was involving Magic Breakfast. And it was about ensuring that, you know, kids didn't just come to school and were taught. It was actually about supporting that community and the whole premise that a child coming to school who hasn't had breakfast is not necessarily going to be in a good place to learn um you know if they're hungry and and unfortunately really sadly actually i think that situation is still the same today across the country probably even worse absolutely yeah and you know i i get quite uh, exercised about that, but, mm-hmm. but that's another story. Um, so, so that really impressed me because, for me, it was about recognizing that a child is not an island, and this is not about just the how long is the school day? Six, eight hours when they're at school. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's actually about their life, and and if we want to encourage children in areas where they don't necessarily, um, it isn't necessarily culturally um, a place where learning is valued. Um, actually, the first thing to do is ensure that they're, they're, they're calm, they're clean, um, yeah, that they're fed, it's that they're comfortable. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Absolutely. If you don't get the bottom bit right, yes. you can't do the big stuff because, yes. yeah, it's yeah, get that stuff right. And um, I know so many of our schools have got community hubs and and they work really hard to provide those services to the families and give them all kinds of skills um and it's yeah it's a it's a really really wonderful wonderful absolutely and and, you know and I do believe that again on that same theme it's about families and it's about wider communities in some of the areas that that we we work in you know clearly um areas of need or that need support or uh, other things and and actually a school becomes a focal point for a community in in times of hardship and and just generally actually and I think that part of our very important role is to be that focal point is to be that community hub and that supports you know families in generationally because certainly mm-hmm. at primary level Families tend to send children to the same school and it tends to be the one sort of nearest or just down the road. And that's really important because we get that input into families over perhaps a period of 20 plus years if there's more than one child. And what a privilege that is in terms of working with communities and families and hopefully making things better and supporting 
more generations actually to um, to learn and to um, you know get work if that's if that's one of the issues and uh, just I think develop a sense of place and well-being and that is so important yeah it certainly is um, it's that thing of if you want to change the world get into teaching get into education that's that's where it happens isn't it um, I absolutely agree yes yeah. Um, so looking forward, you've already mentioned that one of your priorities is to get around and, and visit all the schools in Wellspring. Um, what are your other aims as chair of the board? So it is to get out and, and meet people in school to understand how, you know, particular schools operate. You know, I'm, I'm quite passionate about that. That brings it to life for me. Um, sometimes I think from a board perspective it can feel quite detached Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to make those connections from a board level and you know I recognise that that's a challenge um, but that doesn't uh, mean that that we can't and shouldn't do it. Yeah it's very hard isn't it sometimes if you're behind your desk all day or you're in a meeting and and to, to kind of get it understand exactly the practicalities and and the reality of, of, of what you're doing means. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I have to say is that the, the people that we work with here at HQ, the, the executive team and everybody who works here, do a really, really good job of bringing that to life from a board perspective because it's recognised very much so that, you know, the board doesn't have a, a full-time role. We can't be here, there and everywhere. But I, I do think, and particularly post-pandemic, um, I think it is important to get out there for people to know not only who you are from a sort of distant perspective, but actually really have met you, have a conversation, you know, hopefully find common ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly from a personal perspective, I really enjoy going into schools and it, it's just great. And it, it really, I think, helps you focus on why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. So I think in terms of other areas that I want to um, sort of build on, and there's been hugely fantastic work done over the last seven years, certainly, and and before that, um, I think one of the challenges for us as a board is to ensure that we're as connected as we should be into um, local governing bodies. And that's not about sitting on people's shoulders, but actually it is about making the connections and yeah. there will be ways that, that we we can and will do that. And I think, you know, one of the really positive things is that the board members are really up for that. They really want to do that. That's mm-hmm. important as well. And it feels that we're moving into a new era in terms of Wellspring around its strategic plans, um, the fact that we're growing even further, mm-hmm. uh, and that's hugely exciting. Um, and it's important that from a board perspective, we've got a board that represents all the skills and abilities that we need to be able to hold the uh, executive to account, but also to be able to plan uh, and develop our vision and and refine our vision moving forward. That's a key part of the board's role. Um, So we've got 
a number of vacancies on the board and that presents an opportunity mm-hmm. to bring in, you know, people who may have done that before, people with the right focus and the right skills to complement the really positive people that we've got and the enthusiasm and I see a really bright future moving forward. That was going to be my next question actually. Um, You know you've seen the progress over the last seven years. What are your ambitions for Wellspring as an organisation in the future? Well and I think that's a difficult one and I have given it quite a lot of thought um, before I took on this role and and definitely since. Um, And you know there are so many fantastic achievements that the Trust and its academies has has made over its 10 years so far. Um, and I think this next era is about consolidation, continuing con- consolidation, but it's also about growing. But, but I think it's about bringing our ethos, the thing that binds us all together, um, to a wider set of communities and children and young people and families. Um, and, you know, I'm really excited about that. And I think that there is growth. There needs to be growth, obviously, in terms of numbers of academies and, and, and numbers of schools. But I think what we'd also like to see is something around that... that um, education career in terms of young people so early years primary mm-hmm. secondary and then even post 16 that would be fantastic if we could see something developing in that area so that we can see that there are opportunities right through a young person's learning career although you never stop learning um no quite yeah. you definitely you definitely never stop learning um yeah it's um it's really exciting, isn't it? You know, there's Hugely. there's loads loads to look forward to. The other thing I wanted to say, actually, is that I'm really excited by the green agenda that we've got for Wellspring. Okay. And I think the work that we're doing in terms of our buildings mm-hmm. around uh, building in as many and, and finding the funding for as many um, green initiatives as we possibly can, what I'd like to see is school buildings 10 years in the future that are equipped from a sustainability perspective to take us further faster yeah Uh, and I think if you speak to any young person these days one of the key things on their agenda is the is the issue around um climate change yeah yeah Yeah, it's um yeah it's massive isn't it and absolutely and and again I think if schools and and uh, places of learning are going to be relevant moving forward that's got to be one of the key things that we tackle. If we've got young people that are really passionate about that, how do we harness it? Yeah. What do we do in terms of making facilities but also learning available to young people that helps them to explore that further and, and, and uh, you know, moves that forward in terms of what we do as a group of Wellspring schools? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something we're very active in, isn't it? I mean, you think about um, the new college that we're opening in... Scunthorpe, which is incredible in terms of its environmental um, credentials. And then over at Beacon, you've got the Eco Committee and all the amazing stuff they're doing. Yeah. And it, it does seem to be um, one of those things that's definitely part of the whole kind of wellspring 
ethos in our schools isn't it which is which is really lovely it's a really positive thing. I think it's fantastic and I've been over to Scunthorpe I was really lucky to get a visit and it is it's really amazing what 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 yeah. it's going to be uh fantastic and you know and I think we want that I've certainly got that vision for all our schools you know I think they should all be and recognize that that's challenging from the perspective of you know some of the buildings but also from a, a finding the money perspective but actually that shouldn't stop us having the ambition and yeah. doing what we absolutely can at any point in time to achieve what we want to from a sustainability perspective and there are there are loads of things that we can we can do um, yes. small things that that aren't totally um budget breaking aren't they so um yeah yeah I'll keep cracking on with that now i want to move on to um something a bit more fun um a bit more light-hearted and it's what we do with all i guess it's a quick fire round to find out a little bit about your own school days oh, you thought about your own school days so did you prefer primary or secondary school primary primary where was that um i went to a really small primary it was actually a catholic school so it, there were only um 15 children in each year uh, and it and it was such a lovely stage of uh, education i was actually quite a shy child right. uh, and and the teachers had the time to really engage i was i was shy but quite bright and and my everyone has their favourite teacher don't they mm-hmm. that they remember and and mine yeah. was at primary school Mrs Clark and oh. she was truly wonderful um, so I loved it there excellent English or maths mm. that's an interesting one I should say maths because my professional career has all been built on maths but actually I love to read and English is a real joy for me. So I'm sorry, I'm on the fence. Okay. <laughs> it's a draw for that one. Um, sports day or school play? Definitely school play. Uh, history or geography? Um, geography. Why is that? Field trips, get out and about. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's interesting because I actually did history at A-level. Um, but geography is the thing that sort of really um I'm into now and in, in its widest sense uh, we go walking quite a lot myself and my family my husband and daughter um I'm really interested I've, I've traveled I've had the benefit of being able to travel um probably for the last 30 years mainly in Europe but we have been further afield because I keep finding lovely places in Italy and Greece mainly but um I'm really interested by um, the way, from a geography point of view, by the way that, you know, populations um, work when you look at uh, local areas. I'm I'm really into all of that stuff. So history, academically, but I'm sort of switched off after the A-level. Geography is something that I think I've... I've built That's the thing. People a real love for. Yeah, people think geography and they think, oh, Oxbow Lakes and all that stuff, but it's so much more. Um, yeah, yeah Understanding kind of, yeah, like you say, people and demographics and all that stuff. Um, last minute cramming or well-planned revision? Last minute cramming every time, <laughs> even for today. Need a bit of pressure, <laughs> yeah. Um, after school clubs, yes or no? Yes. What kind of stuff would you have been up for when you were at school? Um, I think... 
Yeah, I'm thinking about it more of, more from a pa- parental perspective. Oh gosh, actually. yeah, we love them as parents, don't we? <laughs> All the after school clubs. Yeah, I think certainly. Again, I was quite studious at school. Um, so things like um, you know a book club, which probably sounds really boring to most school children, but I would have loved that. Um, probably a, a sort of walking club and, and sort of nature club, which actually I did do when I was at primary school. And so my lovely teacher that I talked about earlier, she let me create a, a sort of nature area in the classroom. Oh, so wow. yeah, um, so I would have been up for that as well. I don't even know what what um, after school clubs do these days. Oh, all sorts of things. Everything from Lego and coding to baking and cooking and every sport all that's of going. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do cook, actually. I cook quite a lot. Yeah. And I learned really young. So I, if that had been available at school when I was at school, I would definitely have taken that up. Yeah, I think we should encourage all children to do baking. Because bringing it home is, is, is brilliant. Yeah, it's one of yeah. my favourite things when my, I've, got, I've got baking, cooking. It's like, yes, what, what have we got tonight then? Um, yeah, and we didn't really do it at primary school, but certainly at secondary school, I did do it. In fact... I, I won a cookery competition when I was 13. Um, but I, it never made it home, my cookery. It was all eaten by us all, all uh, on the school bus. So you, you the won way a cookery home. competition? Yeah. I think Bake Off is the obvious next step, isn't it? I'm not sure about that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, my presentation needs, leaves a bit to be desired. Maybe I need to do an after school course to help me polish it up. Maybe, maybe you can find one on your, on your trek around the schools. Um, and finally, my last question, which I ask everybody that comes on, if you could change one thing that you think would improve the education system in the, in the UK, um, don't worry about practicalities on money. You can be as as wacky or as you know ambitious as you like what do you think would make that difference actually continuing on a theme i think i would like all children and young people to learn um cooking and and um skills to help to equip them as they move forward into adulthood so budgeting and... There's life skills. Life skills. Yeah. I'm think, sure many do. Yeah. But actually, I think it should start from being really young. And, you know, just from a personal point of view, I learned sort of baking and cooking really, really young. And I've had a passion for it all my life. You know, I love yeah. it. It's my go-to place as well as the garden. Um, if I'm, you know, need to think something through or a bit stressed, then yeah. I'll bake a cake and then plant a few bulbs and I feel great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I think learning that kind of skill really young is, is really good, really yeah. positive. Yeah, definitely. Definitely um, good to have those life skills from the off so that Absolutely. you can um, navigate all kinds of challenges, can't you, a bit more easily. Um that's been so lovely. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. Um, wish you the best of luck with um, your tenure as chair of the board um, and your your magical mystery tour of um, of the north of England, visiting all our schools. Um, enjoy that. Um, next time, I'll be joined by Wellsprings Chief Financial Officer, Mark Wood, who will be explaining how schools can tackle the budget constraints and financial challenges facing them. Hope you can join us then.